Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. That would be the TGIT lineup on Thursday nights, ABC, although you knew the T was Thursday. So that was probably kind of redundant. But hey, how many times can I say Thursday? Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. It's a good day because that's when we're on, which is awesome. And I am here today to um, celebrate another episode of Scandal, the fine television program in the middle of the Shondaland sandwich on Thursday night. And who better to have with me than one of my favorite human beings in the world, who honestly, I came into work this morning and I thought the best, one of the best things about the job is that I actually am going to get to hang out with this dude for um, as long as I can force him to sit here. And that is, of course, the unbelievably charming and fabulous Scott Foley. Yay! Who's here. He's, he's now cheering for himself, which That's is right. awesome. It's nobody. It's just you and me. It's just us. <laughs> and um, Holly, of course, who produces this podcast. She's awesome. He's Holly sitting. was clapping. You didn't hear Holly, Holly was Holly clapping. Was she's not mic'd up, but she there, she goes. there it is. Thank Holly, you. Holly was Thank actually, so I think, also clapping in her heart. She was doing some inner clapping. <laughs> just, I'm my just used to cheering myself because it's my house. Because nobody it, nobody ever cheers for me in my house. Say. <laughs> it's just me. I walk in, Dad's home, yay! And everyone's on the TV like, hey, Pop. There you go. Pop. See, in our house, all there is is a dog. And if you're lucky, the dog comes running up with the bed in his mouth. What? Willie the dog. Yep. Willie, Willie's the lowest animal on the totem pole at our house because there's my husband and me and Willie. And Willie, if you guys remember, I believe that we tweeted out a photo of Willie in his tuxedo top on Emmy night. Adorable. I don't dress my dog up, you guys, but somebody else put it on him, so I took a photo. But Willie, he's there are alphas and betas, and Willie's like a zeta. Willie's like <laughs> so low on the totem Willie's pole. Willie's really low on the totem pole. So we got Willie beds, a couple of these pad beds yeah. that are his bitches. And so when you show up and you open the door, the first thing Willie does is he grabs his bitch. And he runs around the house with the pad going, look, 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 I, I've got a bed. It's lower than me. It goes on the ground. Look at my bed. Do you say like, Willie, bring me your bitches? I, I say, Willie, where's your bed? Where's your bed? Where's your bed? <laughs> oh, that's different. No, I don't actually call it a bitch. because, But he's a dog, so I assume it's okay if he calls it a bitch because, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a girl. Yeah, yeah, get it. Exactly. But anyway, the, what you see when you open the door in my house is a dog running around with the bed in his mouth and my husband. That's genuine really excitement, reacting. though. Yeah, for about 10 seconds, I actually do get a good reaction. I don't get that, which is why I cheered myself at the well, beginning. See, of this. but you knew when you walked in here, everyone's tail started to wag. <laughs> <laughs> which is oh, a horrendous. Which is, which is such a great image, you guys. Image. Like, we're all going to oh. take that to our grave. <laughs> Just so we're clear, Scott is in a chic and casual outfit today. Is that right? So Scott is wearing a lovely blue t-shirt, which actually makes your eyes pop. Thank you. Which is good. Thank and you. And some, some gray sort of khakis, yeah, right? Yeah, they're, they're gray. And, and I got some bleach on them here a while ago. I was, so I it's like there's a little bleach stain, which actually makes them sort of like iconoclastic and interesting, cool. I think. Um, well, yeah. And yeah. Um, he's wearing a nice pair of... Uh, and there was a big hole in the seam that my wife sewed. It's a whole thing. So I'm not even going to tell you about <laughs> the seam that got stitched, but all I can say, America, is you wish you'd seen what I just saw I'm sorry. because it's. Uh, oh, that's. You know dumb. how I like to describe stuff on podcasts. Too comfortable in this I'm office. I'm not going to describe that exactly. I spent more time on this couch than I have any couch in my life. Actually, you guys, that's sort of true because we're also lucky enough to be developing a comedy project with Scott. Why did which... you put "lucky" in air quotes? <laughs> You guys, we may never get to this episode because we just could do this all day long. I don't know if you remember the first podcast we ever did, but as I remember, it was you and Tony and it was yes. aggressively foul. And yeah. some of my finest moments, Which I think. Which is probably my fault. It's either my fault or yours because it, no, it was in my, no way Tony's it was fault. Tony's Wasn't the Tony, sweetest, nicest man. Tony's the man nicest man. Who and found Tony, himself Tony just deep. goes along with things. It was, like, just... <laughs> it was just totally... And Tony, Tony says yes to everything. Yeah, he's so sweet. Like Tony just says, okay, I'm, I'm there. I'm going. In yeah. this room full of poop, there must be a pony. That's Tony. You and I have the other 
Um, but we, we actually have a new feature today, and I am going to say it's it's morning here in Shondaland, but we're still going to embrace the feature, which is since Jake Ballard's a beer guy as opposed to Olivia Pope's wine or, uh, I don't know, Annalise Keating's vodka, we're going to um, enjoy a couple of cold ones. And maybe those of you listening at home can enjoy a tasty beverage too. Mm. So I've got a selection of beer here for you, Scott, just to sort of imitate the Jake of it all. And you can pick what you like, and there's an opener here. Look at this. And you guys can hear him open the beer so you know that it's actually legitimate. And choose. You do have a great selection. Oh, God. Pumpkin ale. Okay. How do you not go with a pumpkin ale? Well, I think it's because it's autumnal, right? It's it's autumnal. And if, if there's one thing, if you need to know something about me and my brothers, the Foley boys, we like a beer with fruit in it. <laughs> you give me a raspberry lager or something, I'll try it. Why not? And you know what I think that says? I think that says a man with confidence. I think it says a man who doesn't have a stomach for regular beer. I, I think. You maybe. give me a good Bud Light and I'm all right. But, I think, uh, and so I'm going to try something which is an authentic draft cider. Yeah, you are. Yeah, because that'll be delicious to taste. Should we do the authentic draft cider or should we do the hard cider? What do you think? This has a woodchuck on it, which kind of makes me want to open it. How do you not go with a woodchuck? I know. See, a woodchuck. You guys, how do you not go with a woodchuck? You got it. Yep. Yep, I got it. Did you hear the extent? Cheers. Okay, so we could put on a glass, but I'm going to keep mine in the... Me too. Yeah, okay. So just so we're clear, every time we say the the, the name Olivia... Oh, no. We're going to take a drink. Oh, that's good. Is it good? Yeah. It's pumpkin-y. It's Mm. from Kennebunkport. It's Mm. made. This is appleine cidery. Very tasty. And there is a kick. Oh, be careful, Shondaland. <laughs> this, I'm going to make some hard phone calls later and be incredibly untackable. I'm really looking forward to that. Okay, this episode of Scandal is called Get Out of Jail Free. This is kind of, to me, a kind of watershed moment for you and Olivia. Take a drink. Pretty soon we're going to call her She Who Shall Not Be Named. Right. But it seems like a real, it's, it's a big moment between for the two of you because she is now trying to figure out if she's actually going to marry the president. And she calls you for advice. And I think that's a hard moment for Jake, who's also in between with the situation with Elise. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Jake has been trying to do the right thing by Olivia. You know, in the, in the past couple episodes, we've seen her turn to him for advice. I think the last episode we saw her, you know, come and say, I have to sell this story, this love story with the president. And I, you know, sort of said, tell the truth. And now she's turning to him I mean if she if she hadn't put him in the friend zone already this is the place that he is now and and she's looking to him for validation on not just validation but advice on whether she should marry this man who rightly Jake said you love him go be with him and took himself out of the equation but it's it's still a hard place for him to be and and he is uh, I don't know if he's having a hard time with it he just does not want to be a part of it yeah well, and I, I don't blame him at a particular point emotionally you have to separate yourself off from this stuff and that's why I mean Elisa's timing was incredibly good that she popped but Elisa was complicated I mean look this is a devastating ending when you show up at the train station and you're yeah. soon to be wife again potentially has clearly been assassinated. Yeah, Jake has made, he's sort of made this decision. And I don't know if it was helped or assisted by she who should not be named decision to... I'm drinking anyway. uh, All right, really? Mm -hmm. Olivia's. Mm -hmm. um, Mm, That's very Decision to marry the president. But he has decided that he's going to give it a go with Elise again. You know, he's excited she's back in his life. Uh, It looks like he can trust her. And even if he can't, he's going to go for it. And they make this plan to meet up and start another life, live somewhere simple. And they've done it before. They can do it again. And when he gets there and she's dead, it it throws Jake for a loop again. And he's he's without a a partner. And it's, uh, I think Jake has a hard time with that. As as independent, as resourceful as he is, we've seen him always have someone. uh, And it's been Olivia drink. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that Olivia was being replaced, if you will, by, that's a really good pumpkin, by Elise. And for her to, to not be there is a devastating blow to Jake. I also sort of feel like with Jake, 
I see what you mean about never being alone. And also you look at the world in B613 where he was never alone. And we're in a weird way, given the little bit we know about Jake's family or we think we know about Jake's background, the structure and the sort of consistency of the people that you were close to and you worked with and you were around seemed to mean a lot to the character, which is why Olivia meant so much to him. Damn it. I know. We'll get off the storyline soon. When you put those two things together, I think it's really, really hard. I agree. Like, and I don't know how she's making the decisions that she's making in this episode either, because she's put in a very weird and very uncomfortable position. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I respect Fitz's decision to try to make that proposal somewhat official and romantic. I did too. You know, I thought it was a cool thing instead of just saying like, hey, we need to get married. Let's do this now so everything can work out with the, the candles and the roses, and like, I thought it showed an effort. No, and he says, I think there's that great speech where he basically goes off and says, do you think any guy wants to do this? But right. I want to do this because I love you and I want this to be okay. And I found that to be incredibly moving and I totally got his point of view on that. Isn't that interesting? Like in real life, guys, just let's get married. What are, what are we doing? But they're, they're, we assume that the woman wants all this pomp and circumstance. Right. And, and it's not necessarily true. Yeah, I think actually in a lot of cases it isn't. It's like there's a lot of sort of baggage that comes along with all that stuff, which is assumed. And you're right. I think this is a good example of he's going through a whole bunch of motions that the woman he loves doesn't necessarily appreciate or need. And it's weird that people think that all of a sudden a woman very often transforms into this other person when falling in is, love is yeah. involved or wedding is involved yeah. um which by the way is a lot of what um the pilot that scott and i are working on together about <laughs> which is like all about the, the dynamics of a wedding and how it sort of changes you and what the definition of all that stuff is but it's funny as opposed to being drab and dull the way i just described it no it's not funny um, yet but it's, it's <laughs> it is you guys it was fascinating for me to watch and then watch her literally go, in order to avoid having to do this, literally go to the one person in the world that, two people in the world that you never ever thought she would go to for this again. That being her dad yeah. and Melly, yeah. And the lengths that she goes to in this episode not to have to get married under these circumstances says a lot. Yeah, I mean, what she does in order to not get married, to to prevent Fitz from being impeached, it, it really sort of sets the tone for the, the next episodes down the line. It's amazing. Exactly. So what we've got coming up, I think for all of you watching, is this is not going to be over. No, look, what what Olivia does, she makes a deal and, and Rowan gets out of jail. And, and he's going to go take care of everybody. He knows the dirt on the senators who are going through the impeachment. The ramifications of, of letting Rowan out of jail. And Tom, by the way. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Tom. And, and Melly getting to a place after that argument with Fitz, where she literally agrees to this plan, letting the guy out who was responsible for her son dying. Yeah, crazy. 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 Crazy balls. I think it's a watershed moment because it shows you, in a bizarre way, how badly Liv didn't want to marry the president. Or at least didn't want to marry the president under these under circumsta those, under exactly the circumstances. Right. Exactly and that right. she keeps saying, but we're just not ready. We're just not ready. Yeah. And it's not coming from a real place. Because it's coming from this other thing. I believe she... We, I think we had to have a drink in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe... Okay that she does want a relationship. I, I think she, she wants them to be together. I think they are, she believes, as does he, that they are destined and fated to spend their lives together. Yes. But doing so in this way, under this sort of pressure, under this spot, in this spotlight, is possibly harmful to what she knows that they have. This episode also has one of my favorite scenes, which is the wine cooler scenes <laughs> David with <Rosen>. David Rosen <laughs> and Susan. Yeah. And one of the best lines, wine coolers, I have sisters. I have, yeah, my sister's my drink, sister. yeah. Have you ever had a wine cooler? It's like, yeah. 
Yeah, please. I grew up with sisters. <laughs> I'd just like to say for all you out there, as I had two sisters and I did not grow up with wine coolers. We did not drink very many wine coolers. Really? Yeah. Were, were not, they? They're older than me. So we should have had wine coolers, but we had bad wine. Yeah, I think because you know what? Wine coolers didn't come out. Until, when like, I was they, a, I think you're right. They hit their peak when I was like junior high, high school. And remember Bartles and James, the two? Oh, that's right. That was the thing. And it was like 1988, So I was way too old for wine coolers at that point. And when I was in high school, it was it was like Boone's Farm. Oh, it was yeah. like just sweetened wine. Yeah. And they didn't call it a wine cooler. Mad Dog 2020. All that stuff. Yeah. Like that was, that was basically what we could afford. Right. And... <laughs> And once again, it was a fruity beverage, which we thought was delicious. Interesting, as I have another sip of my See, pumpkin exactly, ale. See, your, your, your pumpkin ale. Fruity exactly. beverage, holy. Now, let me ask you another question. When you drink beer on this fine television show, what are you actually drinking? Uh, it's usually, well, it depends. Sometimes it's uh, the non- non-alcoholic beer, mm-hmm. but it's usually water. It's easier that way. That, you know, sometimes if you have to drink too much in a scene. It's a lot of burping. You get, uh, you get gassy. Get a little gassy. Uh, you get the vapors, the upper vapors. <laughs> Excuse me. So it's yeah they they usually fill it with water but there are the early ca- the occasions when a burp is called for I think it's it's actually can add to a scene I, I think agree. it's punctuation there's a rhythm to it you can, there's nothing wrong with it You can always hear the script supervisor was that a belch All right do it again What type, match that what belch. type of uh, beer do you think Jake likes I think Jake is pretty simple when it comes to beer. I think he's like a silver bullet guy. He's like a Coors or a Bush. I think he likes Bush beer. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. He, so he likes a, he, a less hoppy beer. Yeah, he likes a good American beer. He likes kind of an ale good American beer. And he's an average, everyday beer drinker. Like natural light? Okay. What about Budweiser, the king of beers? Yeah, look, he'll take a good Bud, a Bud it's Light. Fine. But it's fine. Really, whatever's available. But if he goes to buy it, he's not spending a ton of money on beer. Right, just no, give me a beer. He? Because you know what? He's eating with Gettysburger. Give me a beer. Give me exactly. a Gettysburger. What do you exactly. want? A beer and a burger. Um, so when you eat a Gettysburger, what are you actually eating? I don't know where they get the burgers here, but you'll rarely see me eat something on screen. I learned early on that you have to do take after take after take, and that means yes. you're eating bite after bite after bite after bite. That's right. You'll always see me get it close to my mouth and then say a line, or get it close and put it down and then pick it and do something. You'll rarely see me take a bite. I oh, you're a... taking it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, that's exactly right. Like, I will, I had a scene in Felicity early on where Noel was eating cereal, and I love cereal, so I went for it. Like, damn near <laughs> ate the whole bowl. And by, you know, after we turned around and shot close-ups and wider and tighter, like, uh, I was wrecked. The first movie I ever shot, we had a scene in an Indian restaurant, and I remember the actors who, one of whom was not as experienced as the other, diving right in with gusto and by sure. take four or five, you guys, Indian food. It's delicious, but it's filling, and there are many different issues going on Talk about on the vapors. There. Woo! Yeah, so it was just watching and just looking was yeah. one of those but, things you kind of look at. But they, like, it always looks great. Uh, I have had a couple bites. The fries they get, they get these thick-cut fries, which are good. Can I give a shout-out to our props department, who is far and away the best props department I've ever worked with. By Whether the way, it comes, they're incredible. They're incredible. The detail, like if we get a paper, you know, sometimes we'll be talking about something and, and they'll, you'll be referencing a page, a piece of paper, and on most shows, it's just a piece of paper with a bunch of writing on it. But these guys will have written out exactly, like if it's a news article, they'll have written out a fake news article about Amanda Tanner or whoever we're talking about. It's, they're incredible. Do they ever just write your lines down? Never. Sometimes I write my lines over (laughs) their their beautiful handiwork. But uh, no, no. That's, you know, can I tell you, that's the one thing that I've noticed on this show. 
I've been on shows where people write their lines and you'll you'll walk around a door frame and there'll be lines taped to the door frame or something. And we don't do that on this show because the lines are so specific. Everybody knows their lines better on this show than any show I've ever worked oh, on. Oh, see, that's awesome. I think, and we all care. We all want it to be great because we know that there's the opportunity for it to be great. And, yeah. and, and it's our weight to pull, you know, and that's that's the gig. Know your lines, hit your mark, show hit up on time. Marks, show up on time. It seems like it's not a lot to ask, but sometimes it's a lot to ask. We've all been in situations with people who just don't seem to care that much. Yeah, and look, there's a there's a lot that goes into memorizing lines. It's not just memorizing lines. It's, you know, and, and when you're on your feet and trying to hit a mark and working with props, like there's a, it sounds ridiculous, but, but everyone here is amazing at it. So I just noticed, actually, we, we've got late-breaking news from George Edmund, who's our scandal property master. Let's hear it. Uh, the Getty Burgers are sometimes made offset by the food stylist, but usually we buy them from a restaurant just across the street. And then they print all the packaging and wrappers. Is that right? Yeah. They do an amazing job. So we just learned something about the Getty's Burger experience. An amazing job. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Let's some, hear it. Some, oh, some Twitter questions, because, you know. Um, Ida Busk at BuzzG wants to know if Jake were an animal, what animal would he be? I think he'd be a wolf. Mm. I definitely think he'd be a wolf. There's the, there's the term lone wolf, but they also roam in, in packs, which Jake likes to be a part of. They're deadly. But they're also, you know, I have a friend who has a wolf, like a dog. I do too. And they're beautiful, gorgeous, man's best friend. You know what loyal. I mean? Like, loyal. loyal. Thank you so much. Loyal. Uh, and I think, I think that is Jake. A wolf, I think, is really, really good. Do you think Under the Matrix wants to know, will we learn Jake's real name and backstory this season? Gosh, that's a great question. I would like to I learn. I would like to know too. Yeah. But I've just been making stuff up here. You and me both. Four years now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it'd be interesting. Although, I, I say I'd like to know. I don't know if I really want to know Jake's real name. I think it would diminish, somehow take away from the uh -huh. Jake of it all, you yeah. know? I like to know that it's not his real name. But I don't want to know, like, oh, there's Lester. You know, that's not... Jake is who he is, and it's who he's become now. And I think maybe he's let the old person, Identity whoever go. he was, go. Yeah, yeah I'd I think like Jake to know, is Jake. I'd like to know more about his backstory, family, relationships locations, education, military, friends, the, the history between him and Fitz I would love to get into a little bit. But I don't, I don't know if I really want to know what his name was. Yeah, I, I think that that's smart. Do you think brown girl, strong girl at Jake's lip balm? Oh, that's, Copy that's, that. a, that's, there you go. This is her question. But did Jake really accept Fitz's apology after he cowardly beat him up last season? I think so. I, you know, I took a while to, to answer that. I think Jake understood what it was all about. I think he knew the reasons behind it. And look, I think we all knew the reasons behind it. You know, I think, I don't know if Jake would have done the same thing in that situation, but there's a certain amount of jealousy involved. And, and uh, as a, you know, as an intelligent human being, Jake understood that. Now, did he deserve to get the beating he did? Probably not, but that's the world they live in. I just want to say, you guys, Scott Foley is like the most mature person. <laughs> that, that was a really great answer, because I was going to say, yeah, you know, I don't know. I thought that was really unfair. But at the same point, Fitz really believed what he believed when he beat you up. Yeah, so, yeah. But at the same point, I would sort of be tempted at some point to kick the living crapola out of Fitz myself. I'm sure it's coming. I think it might be coming. No spoilers. That's just what we're both sort of thinking. <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that Tony Goldwyn is the nicest man who's ever been. Right. I, like, I don't know if I could actually throw a fake, even a fake punch at Tony Goldwyn. I'm not sure. Even watching you guys play basketball competitively was anxiety producing for me. <laughs> for you and me both. I was like, I don't know you guys, man. I love both of you. And this is just too anxiety producing. So Maddie at Ellen Pompeo IO wants to know, do you see any similarities between Jake and Henry from Grey's Anatomy? Oh, that's interesting. Not really. Same nose. No. Um, <laughs> Henry sings, too. Yeah, Henry sang. Henry's dead. There is, if I was to find, if I was to look and find something, 
The way that Henry felt about Teddy, I think, is reminiscent of Jake's feelings for Liv. I think he was in a relationship that didn't start as a mutual one. And Jake was too, you know, uh, with Olivia, drink. And, um, and I think if, if I was to find a similarity, I think that would be it, you know. And, and to have both women then come around and sort of see the light that was Henry and Jake. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little reminiscent. I think that once again, I think Henry was really loyal and Henry was super constant. Yeah. And Henry was, Jake's patient and Henry was patient. There's something yeah. about the two of them that, that Jake, sometimes I think it's more calculating, but I think Henry, there was a kind of role with the punches attitude that Henry had, which yes, was really nice. Henry was substantially more obviously innocent than, than Jake. By the way, Everybody's more innocent than Jake. And everybody, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a sliding scale on this show, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> a, there's a bell curve of innocence when it comes to Jake. <laughs> um, Roxana G at Lucky Roxy 777 wants to know, who makes you laugh the most at work? Besides me. <laughs> <laughs> Besides Betsy Beers? Who makes me laugh the most at work? Gosh, that's tough because everybody, I have, you know, I obviously have different relationships with everybody on set and, and I get along with them all so well. I think when I'm shooting stuff in OPA, when it's me and Katie and Guillermo and, and Carrie, we have a great time. Josh Molina cracks me up constantly, but in a different way. In a very much in a different way. In a much more biting, cutting way. <laughs> um, but George Newbern, it's hard not to laugh around George Newbern, too. George Newbern's super funny. You know? So yeah, I, there, there are actually aspects of Charlie that really are like George Newbern, which is what's yeah. which is really funny. Yeah. So I, um, but if I had to say, it wouldn't be one person, it'd be a group of people, and it's, it's Katie and Guillermo and Carrie in OPA. Gabra Marie at Gabs Gabs wants to know, how do you and Josh Molina prepare for the hashtag Folina blog that you're doing now? Which, by the way, you know, I'm a little jealous. Might be cutting into my territory. I think time, it might be, way. too. It's okay, um, fine. I'm okay to give it up, by the I way. Love me, my love me, my EW, because they're very nice to us. So as far as I'm concerned, as much as EW can take and have, and any way the fans can get closer to their beloved Josh and their beloved Scott, I think is a very good idea. I like doing it with Josh. You know, we get along well and, and our sense of humor is similar. Yes, it is. So the, the banter back and forth is good. What happens is he'll write down his thoughts or things he remembers about shooting the episode. I'll write down mine. We'll find a way to tie them in together. And then we shoot it off to Entertainment Weekly and they'll do an edit, more or less. Cor correct any spelling mistakes we'll have, although we found more on their end than on ours. And then we'll say, okay, it's that easy. <laughs> See, I think that's awesome. This, this person has a question, and then I have a question to follow that up. Amy at Hotspot Spin number one wants to know, when you're watching the show, do you ever yell at the screen? To which I would say, how often, how do you feel about watching yourself on screen? And do you ever yell at yourself, or do you just yell at the screen? I never yell at the screen or at myself. I do watch. My wife loves the TGIT lineup, and we sit down, and she gets her popcorn and wine, believe it or not and I get my black licorice or whatever the hell else and water, and we watch the show, and I am always amazed at the scenes that we read in the read-through and then the translation that my amazing actors have done uh, once it gets the screen. I watch and am never satisfied with what I do. I think, God, you missed that moment, or that wasn't good, or I knew that was too much Scott in there, or not enough Scott, or whatever it was. And, but I have a, a wife who's like, that was great, and I'm like, babe, come on. But I love the show. And I think that the show is one of the best on television. The storytelling, the writing, the acting, the directing, the way it looks, the props, everything is spot on. And I do, I'm not one of those people who hates watching what I'm in. I just hate me in what I'm watching. Which is semi-healthy, I think. I think it's semi-healthy. I also feel like, I just think it is 
incredibly difficult for anybody to watch themselves do something with any kind of objectivity whatsoever. It which is. is why I always ask actors how they deal with it. And look, we work with some actors who, who can't watch themselves. They'll watch everything else, but they just can't watch themselves, which I also totally understand. And then there are those of you who actually have the maturity and the patience and the strength to watch stuff and say, how can I make that better? If I'm watching, yeah. what can I learn? I, you know, I've been doing this for so long and I have 300 episodes of television under my belt or something like that. And, and I, like, it doesn't throw me into a tailspin, right? Like, I, I sleep fine at night after I say, like, what was I doing I'll go eat a cookie like I couldn't care less <laughs> but I'm I, I'm not the I'm not a like man was I good in that scene I nailed that I'm not once in my career that's very zen it keeps you growing which is a good thing or you stunted know. something like or that maybe <laughs> Um, finally, the Foley fangirls at Foley Fangirls, they love you so much. Please say hi to us during the podcast. Hi, there Foley Fangirls. There you go, Foley Fangirls. They are great, by the way. Big Very supportive hi from, from Scott Foley. Um, they're amazing. And they're amazing. Very super, sweet. super big supporters and, and love you, but not as much as I do. So oh, you're so sweet. That's I'm amazing. the biggest Foley fangirl. You guys, can I be a Foley fangirl? Foley fangirls? I'll just sign right up. Thank you so much for doing this and Thank for you. enjoying a beverage with me this morning. I Can I tell you, I'm thinking about maybe going out and getting some of this KBC, Kenny Bunkport Brewing Company, Pumpkin Ale. And I'm just going to say my Woodchuck Hard Cider. I think it's been proven to be true that anything with a Woodchuck on it has to be kind of good. That's and um, thanks to uh, Akua, <gasps> with whom I work, and also um, Holly, who's here for um, Yay, the, inventive, Holly. the inventive new free beers section of uh, the podcast, where we, we suck down liquors and, uh, oh, and Woodchuck Hard Cider's made in Vermont, like jam and fits and lives dream house. Oh, so man. it's thematically based. This is so great. Um, you guys, next time in Grey's Anatomy, there's an episode called The Me Nobody Knows. I actually just watched this episode. This episode is, is so great. There's a surprise pretty early on, and then there's also a really great storyline about somebody who did something by mistake and how it comes and kind of bites you, bites you in the foot. And there are some other stuff going on too, but it's an amazing episode and it's been just a great season and you gotta watch so. it. I think Grace has been an amazing just season. Just amazing season yeah. and just great. Um, Scandal, uh, even the devil deserves a second chance. All I can say is, if that's the title of the show, that's all I'm gonna say. Even the devil deserves a second chance tells me I don't need to say anything. And next week on How to Get Away with Murder, also an appropriately named episode, I Want You to Die. Well, there's no real question about that episode. And once again, just watch this episode too. I clapped. I'm so excited. And it is, it's an, ama it's an amazing episode. And some of the things that happen in this episode you need to watch because it's, it's the glue for the last couple of episodes. It's incredible. Remember that Grey's Anatomy is on at 8 o'clock on Thursday nights on ABC. That's going to be November 5th at 8 o'clock. That's Scandal on November 5th at 9 o'clock. And um, of course, How to Get Away with Murder, November 5th. 10 o'clock on ABC. Thanks for following all our Shondaland shows on the various social platforms and for getting caught up and watching on ABC.com or the Watch ABC app. And many thanks to EW, who we've been giving shout outs to earlier, yeah. for posting an exclusive first listen to the podcast every Thursday night. Thank you so much again, Scott. You can go off now and live your life with your pumpkin ale and... <laughs> Uh, don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast. Yes, of course, I will tell Please, all my friends. Please, um, at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland. Each new podcast episode is available on Friday evenings. And please all remember to be checking out Josh Molina and Scott Foley's blog on uh, the EW website. EW.com, that's right. We'll be back next week with another new Shondaland Revealed podcast. Until then, this is Betsy Beer saying stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>